Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer, and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging, and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets, and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. Hi, I'm Tan from Write Your Cancer. Hi, I'm Amanda from My Office Books. And And we're we're from Aussie Aussie Bloggers Podcast. Thank you, Amanda. Thank so much for joining us this morning so we can talk about your blogging journey. Now, when we were having a little chat, um, we were talking about the fact that you had been a blogger for 11 years. So before we dive right in to find out the lessons that you've learned and that you can share with other particularly newbie bloggers, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you blog about, um, and I'll leave it up to you. Thank you very much. No worries. Yes, so I began blogging nearly 11 years ago now. Last year, my travel blog, Not a Ballerina, had its big 10th birthday celebrations. Um, 11 years ago, I was living overseas in Germany, teaching English, and I was writing uh, for travel magazines on the side. And one of my editors at one of those magazines said that someone needed a blogger, and he thought I could do it. And I have no idea what he meant, but I trusted him. So I said, okay. So I began blogging for a big American travel site uh, and figured out what blogging was, more or less, and started my own then at the same time. So that's where I started. Uh, A couple of years after that, I moved back to Australia, but I haven't stopped blogging. So I have my travel blog, Not a Ballerina. And after moving back to Australia, I started to train others in blogging, mostly through the local university at first and now through my own business and it's kept me uh, very busy over the last few years uh, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, what interests me is this, where did you get the name Not A Ballerina? (laughs) Yes, well, (laughs) 11 years ago there was no one to tell me that I should probably choose a name that was more um, search engine friendly, let's say. So I had uh, this story in my head from when I was a child and my grandmother uh, caught me dancing around in front of the TV and said to me, oh, you'll be a wonderful ballerina one day, Amanda. And I said, no, no, I'm going to be a writer. (laughs) And so when I started my blog, my travel writing blog, I had that in my head and so it became not a ballerina. Uh, But certainly in the first half of that blog's life, I got a lot of traffic that was looking for something totally unrelated to travel. So there was a few disappointed people searching uh, for ballerina-related things. They didn't find it when they reached my blog. But anyway, it's it's a catchy name, I hope, and I was too sentimental to ever change it. <laughs> That's lovely, Amanda. Um, you've been blogging for a long time now, so obviously you have some lessons that you've probably learned along the way that you could share with our listeners. I absolutely do. I uh, guess... The most important lesson I've learned is to just keep going. Uh, In the early days, there was almost no support around or um, information to find. I remember in Germany coming across this pro-blogger thing and imagine my surprise, like it took me six or seven months to realise that this pro-blogger advice I kept reading was just another Aussie guy back in Melbourne, which amazed me when I was on the other side of the world trying to find out about blogging. Um, But, yeah, keep going and be consistent. So I think my travel blog over the years, over those 11 years, it hasn't always been, I guess, 
as I would like it to be. It's been up and down, up and down because I've had lots of other things going on along the way. But I know the times when it, it when it runs the best, uh, like now and and other moments, is when I'm consistent about it. So consistently posting. Uh, every week back in that back in the day 10 years ago consistently posting meant every day even for just a small solo blogger so I'm glad that that's changed Uh, but being consistent uh, consistently posting on your social media all of that stuff it's really boring to be consistent but that's the what works and what adds up over time to something much bigger than just each individual post Um, the other thing that oh go on no, sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to That's ask, okay. so what's what's consistent for you? Um, these days I aim to post weekly, which I think is a reasonable thing to do. And that's certainly what I advise my, in the students in my courses um, when they're starting up, maybe if they've got, got it in them to post a couple of times a week consistently uh, just to build up the content for a few months. But I think weekly is as much as most people can manage to do really well uh, when the blog is, you know, not the only thing they have in life. And it's often enough for readers too, because now we have so many blogs we can read. Uh, we don't want to have our favorite blog doing something every day and we've got no time to read it. And I'm glad you brought that up, Amanda, because I was actually going to ask you that question. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you, you're often enough for your readers so that they read it, but not too often that they get burnt out trying to keep up with your with your um, articles. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, You know, I remember uh, especially when blogging was kind of transitioning to being sort of higher quality, longer posts, but there were still a lot of blogs that would post something every day and I would see them come up in my feed reader and in the end I'd just delete, delete, delete. I don't have time to read all of those things, whereas these days most people blog less frequently and I often will see, uh, you know, a new post come up from one of my favourite blogs. And I'm oh, that's great. Yes, it must be that time of the week. I look forward to reading that. So I think it's a, it's a tricky balance. And as blogging has become more popular, obviously there's so much more content out there. So it's, uh, it's a balance that you have to consider. Look, Amanda, too, because I know you read a lot of other people's blogs, what facets or points do you look for that – then become a favourite blog. Can you think of the points that attract you and why they become a favourite? Well, that's a really good question. I guess most important to me is that it's entertaining and informative. So if I think of, um, you might know the blog, um, another Amanda, of course, um, Cooker and a Looker for um, another (laughs) Queensland Amanda. And she blogs, you know, a lot of recipes on her blog and I don't particularly care for the recipes, but I read every post she writes because she always has a really interesting story to kick it off and she writes it in a way that I really want to read it. It's it's entertaining to me and interesting and I know I'll be refreshed by reading it. And, and that's really interesting. Even though it's not really my topic, so. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a really good point you brought out, Amanda, because you need to give content that refreshes your audience, brings them and wants them to come back and keep reading. And I think if you try to do this daily posting, you, you're going to lose that refreshment because I think you burn out. What's your thoughts? Definitely. And I think people burn out of you. Um, there's only 
I like a blog where I get to know the blogger and I want to know a bit of, you know, what's really happening in their lives and what they think about different things. But I don't want to know what they had for breakfast that day. I mean, there's not enough, um, you know, interesting substance to our lives to have a daily post that still has really interesting stuff every day, in most cases anyway. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to go and ask you, you talk about um, nurturing your community. So when you talk about a community and nurture, can you tell me the things that you've found to be successful and who your community are? Sure. So um, in the case of my travel blog, when I talk about my community, I mean all my readers, but I would have to say I especially mean my Facebook page community because I think that's where that interacting and nurturing really comes out the best. So my uh, Not A Ballerina Travel Blog's Facebook page has a bunch of people who interact with me over you know various kinds of travel-related issues, and I feel like they... I know it's a real cliched, corny thing to say, but I feel like they're really my friends, even though most of them I've never met and I don't even um, know much about them beyond their sort of travel-related experiences that they've shared. So I think nurturing them is treating them as friends in a sense, um, valuing their input as well. Like I'll often ask for advice from them um, or other readers ask for advice. We share experiences that we've had in common uh, a bit like the kind of thing you would do if you sat down with a friend for a cup of coffee, but doing it, um, you know, in the context of my blog, in this case, in the context of travel stuff and doing it o- online on Facebook. And I like how you say it's a bit like sitting down having a cup of coffee be- because that really does signify how personal it is and how intimate it is that you're actually taking the interest and the time in your community to listen to them. Yeah, um, and and that's exactly how I feel about them. Like if I notice that one of them's asked me a question or something, um, pretty much whatever time I notice it, I'll think about it until I have a good answer and put it straight up because I feel like they're you know just you know they're my colleagues, they're the people I chat to daily. So uh, yeah, I um, I don't do it in a in a non genuine way. I don't think I actually genuinely feel like I they're my they're my tribe that I really want to chat to. Amanda, when you talk about your community or, or your tribe, and I love the name tribe, and has it, have you ever had an experience in an unpleasant sense where you've had anyone on there that was harassing you or any of your other members of your community? Well, uh, to be honest, not really, and I think partly that's uh, partly a bit of luck, partly because my area is not particularly controversial but I mean there'll be people who disagree with things I say Um, there might be um, you know I sometimes I'll post about certain nationalities which don't travel very often or don't have passports and how I think that's a shame because you can learn so much from travel and people can be slightly offended but I think perhaps the tone I've set with all the interaction is that people kind of respectfully disagree so obviously it's a bit easier in my niche and if I was talking about something that's more button pushing then it's harder to deal with that but no so far I've been um, pretty lucky to have really no kind of bad negative interactions. Mm, That's great. You know, in terms of blogging, uh, a lot of people may start a blog and it takes a little while to get traction and they want to sort of jump in and they want to monetize immediately and quite often that's not the case. You've been blogging for a long time now and I know that you like to monetize genuinely 
Would you like to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I do have the advantage of being an early starter so that I could um, start things up slowly. Whereas today, if you start a blog, you probably do want to monetize that more quickly than I did. But um, when I talk about monetizing genuinely, I guess I'm really kind of almost fixated on offering products or services that really properly relate to my blog and my community and the kind of things that they want um, and need rather than um, just trying to monetize for the sake of, you know, making money out of it. So I think, yeah, for me, I think that works better. A blog works when people have a connection to the to the writer, to the blogger behind it. And I think if the connection is good enough that me as the blogger can figure out well what those people would like to know about or would like to learn or would like to buy and I can offer them that, then I think that's when it becomes a success and nobody's left with any kind of icky feeling. Mm, and that's that's really important, isn't it? Because you need to stay true to yourself so that your readers trust you and you also need to be not so salesy, if you like, when you um, try and offer a product or a service like you do. Yeah, absolutely, because I think... Uh, because of that online relationship being quite friendly and like, you know, someone you'd sit down to have a coffee with, then you don't want to be hammering them over the head with, and buy this and buy that and sign up for this and do that. It's kind of a really tricky balance. Um, but at the same time, if you've provided, you know, a lot of value over time and people respect your knowledge and the things that you talk about and the, and the kind of community you facilitate, then they also don't mind that you monetize in some way because, you know, they know we can't, pay the mortgage with likes from Facebook or something. So <laughs> well, that would be nice. But um, I think, yeah, just approaching it in a really genuine way. I think it's easy to feel removed enough from those people because you don't know them face-to-face to, to sometimes take advantage of that and try and monetize in a, in a well, what I like to think of as a more icky way. But um, I think it's important to remember that they're just normal people that are the same as us and we don't want to take advantage of that relationship we've built. Mm. Look, and that leads really nicely to how do you set boundaries when it comes to your online life and then spending time with your family and doing the necessities? Yes. Um, This is a really good question and I'm probably not the best person to ask, but I have got a lot better in the last few years. Um, Since my son came along, there was natural boundaries set by the time that he needed me. So I um, have got better at having, you know, I'll turn my phone off and I won't go near it for once he's home from school in the evening until he, until he goes to bed, uh, more or less, most of the time. Um, the other thing that I've done more recently to really keep those boundaries in place, because the boundaries get uh, run over because you're trying to fit too much work into too little time. So the most successful way I've found to get the work I want to done in a, in a shorter time is to batch everything. And I'm always telling the students in my workshop, they go crazy at me because I tell them all the time, you've got to batch that, batch that. And so I'll sit down on, uh, you know, in fact, I'm looking at my calendar for this weekend. It's Wednesday this week is my day to write blog posts and I'll write blog posts all day. And that's basically all I will do um, for that day. And I'll be in the zone and I'll get them done. And that's much quicker than doing one blog post on Monday and then uh, finishing the images on another day and, um, the blog post for my business on the another day somewhere. So trying to do everything um, all the 
grouping all the same tasks together works magically for me. Now, it's, it's very interesting because Kim from Cog Marketing brought out that same point about the importance huh. of batching or grouping tasks together as one so that you don't get distracted. And she's very well organised as well. So as soon as you've said batch your work, I then decided to try it. I've got another blog for a business and I will be honest, it has never made my blogging so much more easier because I've done one main topic and it's got five points and then I've made five different blogs out of those five points and I've been able to blotch, um, then I've been able to link this one main one, which I'm going to release next week, to the five that I've been writing or I've been releasing over the past five weeks. So that's six blogs I wrote in the period of four hours and the feedback I've got has been sensational. Now, before I met Kim, I've heard about batching but I didn't quite understand it until she explained it and it's just really nice to hear how you've just said it allows you to put one day, group them all together because I'll be honest, I have never found blogging so easy since I've done it. <laughs> that is excellent to hear. And I will mention that to my students next time that they say, oh, it's so hard to batch. And I'll say, I've heard another example of people who've tried it and it found it successful. So I'm very happy to hear that. It really works. Well, just before we wrap up there, Amanda, um, tell us a little bit about where people can find you and what you can offer them when they do come to you. Oh, great. Thank you. So uh, if they're interested in the travel side, you can find me at notaballerina.com. And now you even know why as well. And uh, <laughs> my lovely travel Facebook community is this, uh, is facebook.com slash notaballerina. So easy to find me there. Uh, and my social media and blogging business is at amandakendall.com. And that's unusual spelling, K-E-N-D-L-E. And same, facebook.com, Amanda Kendall Consulting. And on Twitter, which I love, I'm Amanda Kendall. That's same strange spelling. And in terms of what they might find when they get there, for the travel lovers, uh, at the moment I'm just uh, launching the second round of Travel Journal School, which is uh, actually started from a face-to-face course I ran in Perth and now is online. And it's six weeks of online learning and fun about creating a travel journal or travel diary that you actually want to open again and you might even want to share with your friends. So uh, dealing with travel journal fail, basically. <laughs> and for the, <laughs> there's a lot of it. Um, and for the Perth people, uh, I run a series of different kind of blogging workshops um, and mastermind walks and various other bits and pieces. So if you head to amandakendall.com, if you're a Perth person, you can find that there's workshops tabs and walking mastermind tabs and stuff, and you'll find all the information there. Well, I'll be honest, I could talk to you all afternoon, Amanda. Absolutely. Because you've brought out so many useful tips. So before we sign off, what's the one thing that you would say to a new blogger that feels like they're burning out? Ah, well, um, I had a bunch of new bloggers just this last Saturday. I had 15 people launch a blog in my course on Saturday. And the one thing I said to them was to take it one step at a time because they can see all of these things that I've done and all of these different things that they could do for their blog and they could have a Facebook page and they could do these extra fancy images and all of this stuff. 
but I've been doing it for 11 years and they had been doing it for more like 11 minutes at that stage. So one step at a time, uh, master one thing and then add something else. There's just so much that you can do. And I always remember it was at one of the pro blogger events that I'm pretty sure it was Tish Oxenrider said, um, she was talking about Twitter and she said, you've got to set boundaries because you can never say, oh, I finished Twitter this morning. You know, there's always, always more you could do. And that's the same with blogging. You will never finish your blogging tasks, there's always more you can do. So go easy on yourself, be reasonable and practical and take it one step at a time. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much again, Amanda. Thank you so much for all that wonderful advice and I'm sure that our listeners will just be absolutely fixated on making sure that they take their blogging journey one step at a time. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say g'day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers podcast coming your way soon.